Otstein, live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back to The Fix. Uh, 10.30, about a half hour down, taking you to 1 a.m. Eagles, Seahawks. Here we go. Lane Johnson, it's official. He is done zo for the season. The impact, don't think we need to even ask what the impact of Lane Johnson's absence is going to have on the team. It's going to be big. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, well, it can always get worse. John McMullen, he'll join us here in just a minute. And we'll get all the latest around Lane Johnson and his news that he is done for the season. And John McMullen joins us right now on The Fix. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, host of Extending the Play right here on 1490. (laughs) And you can catch it tomorrow morning. 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Saturday, phillyvoice.com and si.com. Johnny, how are you tonight, sir? Uh, doing well. Big, big news day in Eagle Land. <laughs> Certainly is. So uh, go ahead, man. <laughs> Where do you start? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because there was some pre-practice uh, Zoom availability, and it was it was Greg Ward and it was Isaac Samalo and Isaac Isaac was a little bit newsworthy kind of um not kind of he confirmed he had surgery uh for his MCL injury. Um and obviously he was out from week two until last week. So um so that was pretty newsworthy and then they said that that was it for pre practice and then all of a sudden fifteen minutes later it's boom, Lane Johnson's about to speak. And, you know, you got to give Lane a lot of credit because, you know, anybody who understands the NFL and <clears throat> how media relations are understands that if you're injured, you don't have to talk to the media. Uh, and typically if somebody's going to have season-ending surgery, that's it. Uh, but Lane wanted to speak to us, and he wanted to say it himself and uh, basically confirmed he's done for the season and – and it's a devastating blow. I mean, that's one of their best players. We know the success they've had uh, with him in the lineup when he's versus when he's not in the lineup. And um, it, it was obviously a struggle for him So this entire season. And he had tightrope surgery on that ankle in August and, and tried to get back and almost did for week one. Uh, but he wasn't the same, and it was pretty clear – and and now in hindsight, Ryan, I, I look at that Cleveland game and, and that one sack he give, gave up to Olivier Vernon, who is uh, a, a good veteran player, uh, has been a good pass rusher, but, you know, he's an undersized guy, uh, and he's always been known as more of a speed rusher. And on that one rush, he just bull rushed Lane Johnson right into Carson Wentz's lap. And you're like, wow, I mean, that's that's Lane Johnson's game, the strength, his ability. 
uh, to hold up against edge rushers and the fact he couldn't do that against an undersized guy. Well, like I said, like I said, in hindsight, it tells you all you, you kind of need to know about that particular injury. Just uh, didn't have his power and couldn't push off. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a huge loss. We all know how the Eagles have fared in the Lane Johnson era with and without him, and they are just much better with him. Even, uh, you know, and this season isn't really fair just because of he's been battling through injury and everything the team has been battling through. But what's the injury timeline now? I don't know how much you know about this, but how is it going to impact him in the future? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, he thought – uh, the tightrope surgery was going to clear things up, and obviously that didn't work. Um, he doesn't have surgery scheduled just yet, but he imagines uh, it's going to happen relatively quickly. Uh, and he said it's going to be about a four- or five-month rehab. So he should be ready to go uh, by training camp next season. That shouldn't be a concern. But uh, at his age, with multiple surgeries on that ankle, uh, you got to be realistic about it. you got to see how he comes out of it and if he's the same type of player. Um, uh, he is confident that he will be, uh, but, we, you know, this league is, is, I say it all the time, it's not a very fast-moving league. Nothing stays in a stasis for long, so... You know, I wrote that Philly Voice column that I, I talked about today, and I got some feedback from some fans on that. And they said, you know, it was about Carson Wentz and about how he's been effective. And uh, one one reader said he, he's not doing the same thing as what Nick Foles did in 2018, never mind 2017, uh, during the Super Bowl run with the same team. And I said nothing's the same in the NFL. Same players don't mean same team. What is the offensive line status now? Uh, Jason Peters on the move once again. Yeah, I mean, 11th game, 10th different starting group on that offensive line, which is, I think has been the biggest problem uh, for this team, and it continues to be, and um, you know, we don't even know. Uh, Jason's going to move inside to right guard. Jordan Mylott is going to start at left tackle. Uh, but now that I look back to Wednesday's practice, I, I think uh, Jason Peters was sort of tutoring uh, both Jordan Mylott and Jack Driscoll. So I, I think everybody's assuming Matt Pryor's going to kick out to right tackle to play for Lane Johnson. I think it might be Jack Driscoll. I really do. Um, so even now we're kind of wondering what's going to happen. And, and by the way, Jack is still a little bit limited uh, himself, so he's got injury concerns as well. So that'll factor into it. Uh, but he has been practicing. And, yeah, it's a mess, and it continues to be a mess. But it, it's going to be my lot at left tackle, Isaac Samalu at left guard, Jason Kelsey, uh, uh, at center, coming off the hyperextended elbow, uh, but we all know he plays through everything. Jason Peters at right guard, and then Pryor Driscoll at right tackle. Not, not, 
how they drew it up in training camp, to say the least. <laughs> no, just a little bit differently. Uh, crazy. And, and uh, you know, I don't know what it means for Monday. You know, the the task was tall to begin with. Uh, but here we are. I guess let's let's dive into this Monday night matchup, John. And, and you can add to this however you want. But what are some matchups that stick out to you and you want to focus in on for Monday? Well, Seattle's a little bit different than what you normally would think of. And I think, you know, Russell came into this league, Russell Wilson, in 2012, and they've been pretty much a significant contender since that moment, which is pretty amazing. I mean, this is the winningest quarterback. I I, I don't know if people realize this. In, In NFL history, to this point in his career, he's won more than Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you name it. Nobody has won more games, both in the regular season and the postseason, by the way, uh, than Russell Wilson through this point of a of a career. So while I, I, I typically say wins and losses are not a, a, a good quarterback stat or, or a, um, a realistic viewpoint because there's so many other parts to it, he's kind of different. Because he's the kind of guy who just finds ways to win games no matter how he has to do it. He sort of has that innate feel of what needs to be done on a particular game day. And I think his career is evidence of that. When he started, Seattle had the Legion of Boom, the best defense of this generation. Uh, And they were great. And now... They got the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL, 32, (laughs) dead last. And they're still winning 70% of their games because they score a ton of points. So he's been that kind of guy. You know, I compare him to some baseball pitchers with great records. And, you know, if if you give them nine runs in the first couple innings, they're just going to throw strikes and get out of there with a win. But if you only give them two runs, they're going to give up one or less. They're going to find a way to get that win. And not anymore, of course. Baseball has changed so much. He pitched three yeah, innings to yeah. go to the bullpen. But back back when baseball was baseball, <laughs> you had those types of pitchers. David Wells was a great example of that. His win-loss record every year, people – Older people like me will remember Don Gullett. He was one of those type pitchers. Always tremendous uh, win-loss percentages, and they would just pitch to what was going on on that particular day. That's what Russell Wilson reminds me of as a quarterback. Uh, He just does whatever has to be done on that particular game day. And right now for this season – that defense has been so bad, uh, especially in the passing game. They're 32nd in pass defense. So if you're Carson Wentz and you're struggling, this is the team you got you got to figure it out against. I mean, nobody gives up more passing yards than the Seattle Seahawks, which is amazing to say. Because you think about Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and so on and so on not that team anymore yeah and I I said this a little bit earlier um, to start the show that 
how is Carson Wentz going to outduel Russell Wilson? And I brought up, listen, the Seahawks defense is the worst in the league. They're 32nd, like you mentioned. But for me, it's how the heck are the Eagles going to slow them down, them being Seattle? I mean, I, I don't know. Carson in the offense, I'm sure they're going to look better, but that's no guarantee. But you assume they are because of how bad that defense is. But are they going to be that much better to keep up with the Seattle offense? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it looks difficult on paper. Uh, I mean, they uh, are explosive, obviously, and Russell's having an MVP-like season. I mean, it's basically between him and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, probably, uh, as he's going to win the MVP of this league. So he's having a great season. Uh, Tyler Lockett is having a great season. DJ DJ Metcalf, did you hear the Eagles could have had him? I don't know if you heard that, Ryan. No, I still haven't heard. Uh, (laughs) uh, So they can throw the ball. But, I I mean, they've had, you know, Carson's been injured. Uh, The running game is not spectacular. Uh, They lost Greg Olson. Um, who was obviously an aging veteran tight end, but still uh, a really good player. So they no, no longer have him. And it, it's a little, if you go back to last year, I mean, they lost to the Seahawks twice, obviously, by the same score, 17-9. They only gave up 17 points in two consecutive games against them. Um now, that's with fans, and we all know how difficult Lincoln Financial Field is to play at with fans and stands. They don't have that any longer. So that's another curveball. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the defense is going to have to have a big game. They're going to have to limit this team. They can't score 30, let's put it that way. If the Eagles have any shot, uh, two things are going to happen. Zach Ertz is going to be back, and he's going to catch – 10-plus footballs, and they got to hold Seattle to the to the low 20s, and, and, and maybe they have a shot. John, we've talked about Carson Wentz a lot, and then, you know, just a couple days ago, the Doug Peterson press conference via Zoom and, and what he said and didn't say. But, I mean, obvious question here, and, potentially obvious answer, but how important is this game for Carson Wentz and his future, both just individually, even if he ends up somewhere else other than Philly, and with his future on the line, potentially, in Philadelphia? Is that dramatic, or is that fair to say? Uh, I I think it's a little dramatic, only because we've talked about it before. I mean, it's just really difficult for this team to move on from them at this stage uh, because of the salary cap ramifications. Um, So I do think it's a little bit dramatic, but it would be nice to slow this narrative, to slow this tidal wave of criticism. Um, But I I do think, I, I, I do think, He's going to be back next season. I do think he's going to be the starting quarterback. So um, I I think it should be more focused on getting him right, um, as right as you can in this season. And that doesn't even necessarily mean um, winning this division or making the playoffs, although obviously that's the goal. 
but I, I think at this stage with this offensive line and all the struggles, you just want to stop the bleeding, uh, stop the the mechanical issues, stop the turnover issues if, if possible. And I don't even know if that's possible. And then get to next season where you have, in theory, at offensive line from left to right would be Dillard, Samalu, Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson. And and then I think this is a different team. What do you think Carson Wentz's stat line is going to look like Monday night? And that helps our listeners with uh, the player prop betting angle as well. Well, I think this game's going to go one of two ways. I think um, I think the the Seahawks are either going to boat race them. 40 to 10 or, or the Eagles are going to win the game and there's only one way they're going to win the game and I just mentioned it it's hey Zach Ertz has got to play which is not 100% with this team we have no idea what's going on um, and I, I, I think we're at the point where um, you've seen and I kind of mentioned this yesterday on the show. You've seen a little bit of life without Zach Ertz. Not too pretty. Um, so I, I think in the past, Carson has had this uh, in his mind that he, he has to spread the football around. And I think it really uh, goes back to the concerns that uh, all Shonimus Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Uh, we'll just use Alshonimus as the term. Complaining that uh, he would default to Zach Ertz a little bit too much, and it, and the concern was he had to spread the football around. I think Carson took that to heart. Uh, we've seen this team now without Zach Ertz. Everybody's had a chance to step up. Nobody stepped up. So I think he's going to say, you know what, if this guy's back, I'm just going to throw him the football. And I think if he does that, I think he's going to cure a lot of issues because he has confidence in him. Um, again, uh, I think he's at the point where it's really not helping him to try to do the things the outside voices are saying. So just do what's effective. And throw the football to Zach until they stop it. And I think that should be the game plan. Does Zach Ertz score a touchdown? It seems like you think so. Yeah, if he plays. <laughs> I, I don't even know if he's going to play. Yeah, uh, I'm 90% certain he's going to play. But i got to tell you, one of the things about uh, Doug Peterson, and we're going to talk about this on extending the play tomorrow with Bob Groats, um, because Bob's really um, uh, plugged in when it comes to this organization in the front office. You know, if you go all the way back to um, Mike Rowe being fired, and really Carson Walsh as well, and you go back to that press conference and you say, okay, you know, Doug said they're going to be back, and then the next day they're fired. Now, if you go back to Wednesday of this week, Doug said, Jason Peters is the left tackle. And then you fast forward to today after everybody had some turkey, and now he's not going to be the left tackle. And even smaller things, 
you remember at the beginning of this season where Doug essentially said Nate Sudfeld's going to be the backup quarterback? Yep. And then all of a sudden we get to week two when Jalen Hurts is the backup quarterback? I don't think Doug's making these decisions. I know for a fact he didn't make the decision about Mike Rowe. He wanted him back. Um, the personnel decisions, I don't have that confirmed, but I think that's what's going on. He's not making these decisions. No, and we've talked a lot about that in the past, just his lack of control and possibly his lack of wanting uh, to have that control. All right, so Eagles up to five-and-a-half-point underdogs, John, and we'll get your score prediction in a second. Uh, but what type of game do you think this is going to be? We've talked about the how dangerous Russell Wilson is in that offense. Is it going to be a higher-scoring game? Uh, you don't have to give your exact score yet, but just the, the style of the fight, so to speak. Well, I, 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 I kind of let that cat out of the bag as well. I think there's only two ways this game's going to go, and one is Seahawks absolutely just boat racing them, which is a possibility. And I think if that doesn't happen, I think the Eagles are going to win the game. I don't think the Seahawks are going to win a close game. I, I think this is one of those situations where the Eagles literally have nothing to lose. Uh, and and that makes sort of the wounded animal dangerous. Uh, nobody thinks they're going to win. Nobody believes in them. Everybody thinks the quarterback should be benched. Um, we just mentioned the issues with Lane Johnson and uh, Jason Peters moving. Um, just everything. Negative, 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 negative. <laughs> And the Seahawks see that from afar, and there's a little bit of a human nature kind of let down from their standpoint saying, okay, this team is dead in the water, and you see this happen all the time in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, it's usually a very short burst. Things don't continue to go that way consistently, uh, but you see it all the time in the NFL. Uh, where, where teams jump up and upset better teams. And I, I think there's only two ways this can go. And it's the Eagles getting blown out or the Eagles winning a close game. All right, so your final thoughts, keys to the game, whatever you want to add, John, uh, and, and give us your, your score. Well, I, 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 I admit I gave my score. I have to give my score to Philly Voice early. So I gave it before the news about Lane Johnson. But I'm not going to change it, uh, even though I probably should. Um, and, and, I, and I am one of the few people picking the Eagles to win this game for the reason I just gave you with Zach Ertz. And, and a couple, you know, I mentioned it from Wentz's standpoint. And then, and then from Ertz's standpoint, remember – Obviously, he was having a bad season. We talked about that a lot. That had to do with his anger with this organization, his want to get out of this organization and be traded. I think now that Zach has sat for a while, he kind of realizes this is his fate. I mean, this is it. The, the trade deadline is fast. That's not possible anymore. 
So the only way he gets the contract he wants, uh, whether it's here or in another city, is to be Zach Ertz again. And I think he's going to be Zach Ertz again. So, And this is the one caveat, if he plays. <laughs> because, again, uh, he might not even play. But if he's active and he plays, I think the Eagles are going to win this game 27-23. to 23. 27 to 23. And and if he doesn't, mm. the Seahawks are going to win this game 40 to 10. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum there. It's, um, yeah, I have no clue how this game's going to go. And, and I felt this, that way about the Browns game, John. Just it wasn't this extreme. Like you know, the Seahawks are more dangerous and I think a better team than the Browns, though the Browns somehow are where they are. Uh, but you say, all right, the Eagles, you don't feel like they have a chance. They're underdogs. They're on the road. But this feels like a game they get, and it wasn't the case. And now they have the Seahawks to deal with on a Monday night game. Yeah, and, and that's another part of it. I, I mean, they never beat the Seahawks, never. Uh, they've never beaten Russell Wilson. Uh, they haven't beaten the Seahawks since 2008, so even uh, – um, pre-Russell Wilson, uh, they haven't been able to beat this team. And that, and that's another part of it as well. At some point, the odds turn in your favor. That that dominance, especially in the NFL, just generally doesn't continue for those long spurts. Um, and, hey, uh, as I said, and by the way, people are going to say, Zach Ertz is not that kind of player that can make that drastic uh, of a score change. I, I just think, as I mentioned, there's only two ways this game can go. And I think his return to the lineup would bolster the Eagles as a whole. Um, and if he's not there, I look at these skill position players and we've seen it. They just don't produce. They just do not produce. And if you want to blame that on the quarterback, that's fine. But that's just what it is. These receivers, these tight ends, with the exception of Richard Rodgers, strangely on occasion, they just don't produce. Well, let's see if they're able to produce against this Seattle uh, defense, who's not very good, 32nd to be exact, and uh, trying to keep pace potentially with the high-scoring offense led by the potential MVP of the league, Russell Wilson. John McMullen's the MVP every night right here on The Fix at 10.30, and he's hosting Extending the Play tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., phillyvoice.com and si.com. You teased Extending the Play a little bit, John, but one more time if you want to just preview what you have going on on tomorrow's show. Yeah, I want to delve into this uh, strange sort of dichotomy with Doug Peterson and and saying things one day and then a day or two later, uh, it's completely different. And I think we got a great guest, and it's going to be Bob Groats, who is the longest tenured beat writer uh, in the Delaware Valley, and uh, he's got a lot of connections with the front office. So we're going to sort of delve in some of this front office mess, uh, and that's what I think it is. And you had mentioned Doug Peterson not wanting uh, personnel power. I think that was true at one point. I think he's starting to 
he's starting to get a little bit itchy because they're making him look bad. And by they, hmm. I'm talking about the owner and the general manager. Not going to want to miss it tomorrow, 10 a.m., extending the play with John McMullen right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. All right, John, have a good show tomorrow morning. I'll be listening, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy a Sunday without the birds as you get ready uh, to cover them Monday night. Ah, there's nothing like a night game. I love them. (laughs) I know you do, my friend. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Ryan. All right, John, thank you. There he is, Johnny Mack, and uh, he's on both sides there a little bit, and I I don't blame him, and I think he's right. It's either going to be really, really ugly, or the Eagles are somehow, because they always seem to do this in recent years, somehow pull out a win in a close game. Uh, They haven't been able to beat Russell Wilson, so why not this game at this time in this season under these circumstances, be the time uh, that the Philadelphia Eagles find a way to do it, right? One hour down, two hours to go on the fix. Keep it locked in on AM 1490, taking you up to 1 a.m. Are you a sports better looking to make some extra cash this holiday season? PropSwap is your answer. Betters all over the country are using PropSwap to profit on their sports betting skills. Last month, Dave from New Jersey made $12,000 on PropSwap simply by buying and selling tickets. PropSwap makes it easy to sell your bets to one of their thousands of buyers across the country. Go to PropSwap.com. That's P-R-O-P-S-W-A-P.com. Or download the PropSwap app to get started. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.